I greet you in Jesus' name again, and we're going to finish our, uh, what we started last week on 2 Peter chapter 3 in uh, walking through what the day of the Lord looks like and why we prepare for that and what that means. So I again invite you to grab your Bibles, maybe a piece of paper and a pen if you want to, and turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. We're now going to finish that chapter. We're going to read in verses, uh, starting verse 11 and go to the end of the chapter, verse 18. Last week, we talked about uh, the fact that the promise is certain that when God says that the day of the Lord will come and that when that happens, when Jesus returns, that the earth and the heavens will be destroyed and all the ungodly things will be exposed and will be judged and, and also destroyed. Uh, we, we talked about the fact that that promise is certain. It's definitely going to happen. And then we talked about the incredible opportunity, the incredible gift of grace that God is, has given to us in the current time while he is displaying patience toward us asking us to repent of our evil ways. Today we're going to continue reading that as Peter finishes out his letter. Let me start reading in verse 11, 2 Peter chapter 3. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Just like last week, I have two simple points that I want to make with the text. The first point is, since the promise is sure, there's a certain way that we should be responding. Since this promise is sure, this is what it means. And the second is just to end with the clear point. It's, very, it's a short point, but the clear point in this text and in really in all of Scripture, that Jesus is worthy. All of this is talking about the day of the Lord, the return of Jesus Christ, and I want to make sure we leave uh, the, the, the time together today recognizing and acknowledging and agreeing with the fact that Jesus is absolutely, completely worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. So again, to that first point, since these things are sure, that's exactly where Peter picks up from where we left off last week. Since we know that that's what's going to happen, since we are sure that the earth will be dissolved and the heavens will melt as they burn, since we know that everything ungodly will be judged and destroyed along with it, what kind of people ought we to be? In verse 11, he says, he gives us a hint. In fact, when he asks us the question how we should be, he says, this is how you should be. In fact, you should live lives of holiness and godliness. Holiness means to be set apart, means to be pure before God. Godliness means to be doing what's right and good according to God. He is the one who defines what godly is. He has given us a record of that in his word. And we are to live lives of holiness and godliness. Listen, just as sure as this earth being destroyed is the promise that we are awaiting a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. I cannot stress that enough. 
If we are not happy with righteousness and godly living here today, how do we ever presume that we're going to be happy with righteousness and godly living in the new heaven and the new earth? We think it's going to be different somehow then? That we somehow are going to enjoy being right with God then when we're not enjoying being right with God now? The point is, since we know what's going to happen to everything that's ungodly, let's be godly now because we are waiting and looking forward to that place where righteousness dwells, where godliness will abound, where that is the only option, in fact. And we will want to be partaking that, and we will want to, we want to enjoy that, and if we want to enjoy that, we should enjoy it now, for we can enjoy it now just like we do then. He goes on to say, Beloved, brothers and sisters, since we are waiting for this, we are waiting for this new heaven and new earth, we should be diligent, diligent. We should make a conscious effort. It should be the top priority we have. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. If I can rephrase it for you, Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back, may he find you and I blameless, May he find us without spot. May he find us at peace. Again, it's why I ended last week the way I did. There's no way that we can even have any hope of that unless we are in Christ, unless we have trusted in what Christ has done, unless we have clothed ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, as Romans 13, 14 tells us to do, because that is the only way to be found without spot or blemish and at peace. Being pure before God means that he sees that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb, that we have found refuge in Jesus Christ and what he has done. Remember the promise that he's given us since we're going to be counting on promises? He has said if we, are, if we can confess our sins, if we confess them, he is faithful uh, and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means we are then without spot and without blemish and we are now at peace. This is how we should be diligent to be found. And then Peter makes a reference to Paul's writings, and he says, you know, by the way, just want to say this out, out loud to you, that, that people take Paul's writings, and really all the writings of Scripture, and they twist them, and they, they, they try to make them say things they don't, and they, they try to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to get away around what they're saying, or, or to say, I don't have to listen to that, or, or to say, this is really what it says to say. And he says they're ignorant, they're unstable, and they do so to their own destruction, but here comes the final piece Piece that it means as we get ready. The first piece, of course, was that we should live lives that are godly and holy. The second piece kind of echoes that and says we should be diligent to be found without spot or blemish and at peace when Jesus comes. And the third piece here is then is that we know this ahead of time, so we should take care, in verse 17, we should take care that we are not carried away with the air of lawless people. The mistake that they're making, those that will not submit to God, the air of lawless people, and lose our own stability. God has given us the stability. Jesus frames it this way. If you will hear the commands that I give you and will put them in practice in your life, then it is like a wise man who has built his house upon a rock. That's what, that's what the stability is he's offered. The things that God has said, the commands, go read Psalm 119, the law of the Lord, the, his ordinances, his commands, the, the things that he's done. We delight in them. We build our life upon them. That's the stability we have. But those that would twist them, those that would be unlawless, uh, that would be lawless, sorry, unlawful, that would be lawless, they would carry us away from that stability and we should be careful not to. We know ahead of time God is warning us. We know ahead of time that's what people are going to want to do. That's what the world around us wants to do. That's what even what some who call themselves Christians want to do. 
We know that ahead of time and we should say, we will be diligent to be found without spot or blemish. We will be diligent to live according to what this has said. For we know that it's in these promises that we know all these things will take place, that Jesus will return that all the things that are ungodly will be destroyed, but that he is building a new heaven and new earth for us, preparing a place for us, and he will come to take us to be with him so that we can be with him. And we want to be ready for that day. Again, it, the point has been made over and over again, but since we know, since we know how sure there's promises that the day of the Lord will come, we want to prepare ourselves and be ready at every moment of our lives. Let's not let a moment sneak in. Let's not met, met, let a day go by. Let's not let any passage of time where we say, well, down the road, I'm going to do this. We'll say, no, I will be ready today. I will be ready now. Let me uh, uh, just read a few verses from the book of Hebrews to sort of solidify this. Uh, I love these verses. Uh, they, they remind us of the same things. They exhort us of the same things, and they share some of the similar sentiments. This is from Hebrews chapter 10, and he says this starting in verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Again, the same reminder, Jesus is coming. And when he comes, it's coming soon and he will not delay. Once it starts being put in, 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 in motion, there's nothing that stops it. There's nothing that will delay it. So let us have endurance. Let us hang, hang tight to this confidence we have for that confidence will bring a great reward. Let us not be of those that shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Let's be diligent. Let's live lives conscientiously and on purpose making every effort to be found blameless before the Lord, which means to be found in Jesus Christ and to live according to his word. We cannot say we love him without obeying his commands. Jesus made that clear. Let me return now to verse 18, the closing verse from 2 Peter, because this is where we're gonna to transition to the worthiness of Jesus Christ. He says first, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I wanna just, just quickly sneak this in yet because this in fact is the way that we don't lose our stability. This is the way that we don't get carried away by lawless people. This is the way that we don't, don't get sucked into being the, the twisting of scripture. We grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find ourselves reading his word and recognizing the grace that he has given us and we repent, we change our mind and we turn away from those things and say, God, I wanna do everything I possibly can to be right with you. I don't wanna see how close I can get to the edge and what I can get away with and still be right. I wanna do everything I possibly can to be right with you. I wanna press into you as close as I can. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The grace of Jesus is wonderful. The knowledge of Jesus is wonderful. His name is wonderful, and we want to grow in him. And this brings us to Jesus Christ. To him, Peter ends his letter, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity both now and until that day comes, which is going to come, both now and until that day. Friends, Jesus Christ is worthy of everything you could possibly give him. Every burden you could possibly bear, every moment of suffering you could possibly go through, everything you, by your, according to your flesh, may have to give up for his sake, 
every joy you can ever uh, uh, speak of, every song of worship you can ever sing, every prayer of devotion you can ever offer, every surrender of your will you can ever give, Jesus is and always will be worthy of everything that you have to offer to him. Far more, in fact, than you and I can ever give him. I want to make this point, and I want to make it clearly using God's word, and I want to do it using the last book that is given to us in scripture, the book of Revelation. As John has this vision, let me just share these verses pointing to not only what is going to happen down the road, but pointing to the worthiness of Jesus Christ, how everything in all of scripture and how everything at the climax of the end of the day of the Lord, how all of that will point to Jesus. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As John is opening his book, the letter to the Revelation, uh, letter, letter of Revelations in chapter one, I'm gonna start reading in verse four and read through verse seven. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. As John continues, he has a message for those seven churches, but he begins to see what God is revealing that will end, uh, take place at the end, uh, of, the end of, uh, of time. And then he comes, get to the right place. Get to, uh, he comes in, in Revelation chapter five and we read these words. I'm just gonna read the entire chapter for you. It's all of 14 verses, but pay attention to God's word, please. John says, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look in it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voices of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And then John continues to see the scene unfold and he sees the judgment that's being poured out. These are the things we read about that Peter's referring to, the day of the, uh, the, coming, uh, the, the coming, the day of the Lord is coming and it will not come without delay. And then we get to the end and we see when God finishes the judgment and he brings the new heaven and the new earth. And I wanna jump now to the very end, to chapter 22 of Revelation, starting in verse 12. And it begins with the words of Jesus. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. God, you have given us your precious word. These words have promises. These words have warnings. These words contain the truth from you that isn't so needed by us to know who you are and who we are and what you want for, from us and what you have done for us. You have made it obvious how desperately we need you in your word, you've said it, you've made it clear, and we accept and believe and, uh, and, and say yes and agree with those words. We also, God, believe the promise that you have given of how this all will unfold. We don't know when it will be, we don't even know exactly how it will take place, but we know it will happen. We want to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We want to say there is nothing, there is nothing more important than that. And we want to declare now, we want to live righteous, godly, holy, spotless, without blemish lives before you 
at peace before you so that when Jesus comes, we are found ready. But even beyond that, we want to live those lives here in this present age, which your word says is possible through the grace that you've given us, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to live that way now because we know that is how we will live in all of eternity with you. And we look forward to that day. And we look forward to the day when the crowning achievement of what you've done through Jesus Christ is finally and fully recognized. And Jesus will in fact be lifted high and honored and recognized for being the the supreme uh, Lord of all, the supreme King of Kings, the supreme one that he really truly is. Jesus, you are high and lifted up. You're worthy of glory and honor and praise and power and might forever and ever. Amen. We thank you for the scenes that you showed your servant John and that he was able to relate to us. And they are scenes that are too fantastic for us to understand or to even comprehend. And yet they give us a glimpse, they give us a taste, they give us just a, a, little, a little blip of what will be when it unfolds. And we agree and declare with what John said, Jesus, you are worthy. We want to be among that throng that stands around the throne declaring the worthiness of Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, but the lion of Judah who has conquered. We worship you, Jesus. You are worthy to open those seals. You are worthy because you were slain and your blood was shed for the sin of all mankind. Thank you. We, in fact, hear the words that you're saying, Jesus, that you are coming soon, and we say, come, Lord Jesus. Come. We say these things just as the writer of the book of Revelation and we say these things as we say at the end of every prayer, amen, even so Lord Jesus come. Friends, I tell you again, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen.